Yeah. Got a leaky cup. Yeah, I know. I saw that. What is that about? I don't know. A lot of complaints about the coffees recently. Yep. I don't like it. Well, I've got a complaint about it. <laughs> I, I, it's more about COVID. So okay. we were in, on the weekend, we were, we were in Guelph. It seemed like every time I go grab a coffee or something like that, the lineups were like, I, so I went once and it was like, it didn't seem like it was that bad. 20 minutes in line waiting for a coffee. Like, what the hell? And we, we're going another time during the weekend to grab one. It's long, long, long lineups. The thing is, is with this, with the COVID thing, was a lot of people that don't want to work. Right. So the, mm-hmm. just a simple business like that is. Oh, like they, they don't, don't have, have they don't have the employees. So, yeah, like they, yeah, they yeah. shut down lanes. I noticed they're doing one one over here. I've, I'm noticing that more and more. Yeah, pain in the ass just for a coffee. So we don't need a coffee that bad. Uh, slightly separate note. Yeah. How annoying is waiting in line for things? No, it's there's, annoying. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say there's nothing. There's I don't think there's anything that is more of a pet peeve to me or like. There's nothing that's that worth it to me. I don't think. Where I will wait in a line yeah. for more than five minutes. Right. And you've been not pushing it. Like I'm thinking of like you go to an amusement park and you wait in line for like two hours for yeah. a roller coaster. It's like that's not worth it. There's a story now. You know? Yeah. There's a story now. But, but yeah. speaking of that, that's why I like my life. Yeah. Like So I remember it was like years ago. One, one guy that was working with me. I said, do you notice that when, because we'd get on the ice at six. So all oh, my, my days always start five o'clock in the morning. When I go to oh, work, I so know exactly I, when, where you're going. Yeah, I drive to work. Zero traffic yeah. ever, yeah. Zero, which means zero stress. I go to get a coffee in the morning. It's pull up. Yes, yeah, I'll have a coffee. Thank you. Goodbye. Zero stress. No traffic. No lineups. Nothing. Yeah. So I just got accustomed to that. So anytime I get in a line and there's like two people, I'm like, come on, yeah. man. <laughs> like I go not. I go absolutely yeah. nuts. So we were in Florida. Um, I'm going to think this is, Charlie was just born, so it's probably 2005, maybe, yeah, probably 05, 06. He was just a baby. Mm. And my wife wanted me to go to Florida. And I, on vacations, I'm a four-day tops. Yep. After that, snap. It gets long. Yeah. Snap. Yeah. So I, I flew down to Florida separately, get there. Great. It's nice, beautiful. Sun's out. Wow, cool. So my wife goes, uh, we're going to go to Disney tomorrow. I go, we're going to Disney. Like, I already know. I already know. And this yeah. is my bad attitude, though. Yeah. So we, I, I'm trying to be a good guy. We pull into the Disney, and I just look around, and I go, this is going to be a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at the business side of it, and I'm like, all this parking, and it's this much money. Sign in. It, it costs, like, there was, I forget how many people. It, was, it cost me $1,700. So I'm like, $1,700? So, like, think about that. $1,700 to spend a day or two at Disney. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. Seventeen hundred dollars. So then they took a. Anybody watching this? If you've been to Disney, you know what I'm talking about. You, they take your handprint or something, so that um, no one else can use your pass because it's your hand. In order to use your hand, they have to cut your okay. cut your hand off, <laughs> right? So I'm in there, and it's. Uh, I'm just starting to boil because yeah. the lineups, and it's early lineups. So I look at my wife. I can't do this. So then we, I went and got some water or something for everybody. And it's another $20 or $30 yeah, yeah. for water. I'm like, what the hell? So I'm like, you're sitting here telling me this is fun. Yeah. You stand in line for two hours for yeah. a ride? Yeah. Which you need a water because you're going to pass out and die. So there's $30 <laughs> in water. So it was halfway through the day and I said, I'm going home. 
Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go over well. Well, man, I, I <laughs> but I, I think the same thing, though. I remember when I was a kid, we'd go to these amusement parks, and the process of standing in line is exhausting. Yeah. Just standing there, you're not even doing anything. It's like when you go shopping at the mall. Like, yeah. when I'm standing around the mall, I could walk all day when I'm in here. Yeah. But I walk around the mall for an hour, and I'm gassed, man. Yeah. I remember, like, when, when the I was, like, early 20s, and everyone's in the going out phase go to like these nightclubs and Hated stuff like it. that it's like there's not one ounce of this that's worth it so if i didn't go up to a door and like the guy that was working the door knew us yeah. or whatever and just let us walk in it's not worth my time it's no. not worth waiting in line it's not that good in there no i you used know? to i used to like, snap but i wouldn't be verbal about it. i just try to convince the guys not to but it'd yeah. be like hey in sudbury right we go to city lights hey we're going to city lights tonight and the guys would have a few beers at uh, someone's house I'd be like, ah, we'll, we'll go somewhere else because I knew it was going to happen. And you got to wait in line in freezing cold Sudbury, yeah. Ontario. Yeah, freezing. Yeah, freezing. Sudbury. And the yeah, lineup Sudbury. would go around the building. And I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't. Why the hell would we wait for an hour outside in the freezing cold? And then when you get in, you want to get a drink, you're waiting in line again. Oh, yeah. And then it's the element of people just... Can't move. It's, it's I, I don't Sardines, know. It's man. It's not my thing. Yeah, so I'm the same way. Lineups, traffic, humans... All those things bug me. Well, to your, to your point about the day starting early. So right now, because I'm just soaking in the sleep, like I'm sleeping, I'm going no alarm sleeping as much as I want right now. Cause after the busy time, I'm just enjoying it. But now when I come here, that's all the shit that starts to happen, right? Yeah. Like there's the light on EC Row and Banwell there yeah. to turn left. That light, it's the left turn is five seconds. Yeah, shortest and there's life is 750 life. people that are trying to turn left. Yeah. So you're waiting there for eight minutes to turn yeah. left. When right. I get here an hour earlier, same thing. Cruise, nobody there. Turn left. It's beautiful. When I like tomorrow night, we're going to watch Charlie play in Mississauga. Yeah. You know where my head's going right now? Like the drive? Yeah. Yeah. The drive. Yeah. It's not the drive. As soon as you get into that uh, GTA, yeah. I just I don't understand how people can do it. I mean, obviously. People do it and they think it's fine, yeah. but as soon as I start going and I see the brake lights and I see the slow movement, I go, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. How do you do it? Well, and I, my stress levels go right up because I'm like short, not like physically, not that short, yeah. <laughs> but I, I just start getting short yeah. on everything. Everything annoys me. Well, and especially if you're on a time crunch too, like this yeah. is a big thing for me when I travel, I do not rush. I do not want to rush. I want If I want to stop at every rest stop just to get up, and out of the car, I want yeah, to be don't able judge to do me. that. Like I, yeah, like I don't want to. I'm not in a hurry to get there. I'll leave an hour earlier than I would need to, just so I can stop as I please. Yeah, yeah. Because you get into a traffic situation like yeah. that, and if you're already like pushing the time, yeah, then it just ruins your day. Yeah. Like mentally, yeah, just ruins your day. Agreed. You know, but I don't. Some people do that all the time. But the, the waiting in line thing, man, drives me freaking crazy. And people like are dying to wait in line to get in these places. Yeah. You know. It's like, yeah. I don't think, I think it's just because that's more their highlight, like getting <laughs> yeah. in, like getting into, so that, you know, you work your nine to five and then on the weekend you get to go to whatever party or yeah, whatever maybe. club or whatever event, game, sporting event. That's and another one. Waiting like, in line. Yeah. Waiting I, I, in line is worth it for you. I don't know. Chris Draper would always say, Hey Andy, you got tickets. You want tickets? You want tickets? You want tickets? You want tickets? And I'd have more excuses than a pregnant nun. Nope. Yeah. Oh, I can't go. Yeah. It's the lineups. It's the cost. It's just yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me when I could and and all the distractions when you're watching the game. It's like, I just want to watch the game. I don't need the freaking cheerleaders in front of me and the jumbotron yeah. and the guy selling pizza. Like, just want to watch the game. Yeah. Well, there's the benefit of being the athlete 
over yeah. the spectator, right? Oh, yeah. If you can make it, it's like yeah. you don't got to worry about none yeah. of this crap. You That's just get right. to show up, drive right in, <laughs> yeah. have your game, leave, not waiting for nothing. You know? yeah. Oh, yeah. One more thing that I think is funny. So we were in Niagara the other night before the game uh, to watch watch a game. And uh, my wife and I and Charlie's girlfriend went out for a bite to eat before. And it's like a four-minute walk from the restaurant to the Meridian Center in Niagara, St. Catharines. So my wife, again, there was a little bit of leftover food, like good food. And uh, she goes, well, I'm going to pack it up again because she just ref- she just gives her – There's a, actually, there's a lot of homeless or street people, right? There's a lot, yep. and especially downtown centers where yeah, sure. these games are at. Yep. So, you know, my my I have a heart too, but my wife has more of a heart, and she just refuses to eat all her meals, and she'll save some to give it to someone. So remember I told you in Guelph, she tried to give away a meal, and the guy was like, nah, I just want yeah. change. <laughs> so we're in Niagara and I said, just give it to the first one because you're going to drive me nuts carrying that box of shit around. So the first guy said, here, give it to this guy. So she goes, uh, he, it was left. It was a wood oven pizza, mm-hmm. right? Excuse me. Excuse me. Would you like to, a couple slices of pizza? And he goes, nah, I'm pizza out. Pizza out. <laughs> I said, just throw it out, man. The homeless here, I guess, aren't starving. Yeah, seriously. It's amazing. Like, it was no problem. It's like, but the thing is, it's an asset. Yeah. The pizza is an asset, and if you had any yeah. brains, you'd take that asset and and, and trade it for a cigarette or yeah. uh, a coffee or something <laughs> like that. It's still an asset. So yeah, you literally. just said, "No, I don't want an asset." Yeah, that, that was funny. You're telling me about that. It's like you give this guy, even if you don't want to eat it, yeah. <laughs> it's like t- take it so you can trade with somebody you or trade. something. Yeah, but that's not a thought. You know, not a thought. Not but a he thing. was like, "Nah," like the way he said it too. Yeah. He goes, "Nah, I'm pizza out." Yeah. That's so funny, man. Pizza out. Pizza out. You're homeless. You're homeless. <laughs> that's I crazy. don't know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's funny. crazy. The next thing we want to talk about was uh, there's two things just in regards to hockey. So I ran into a uh, in a hotel the other day. Hey, coach. So I look. It's one of the kids that I trained who has a brother and all this stuff. So anyways, there's twins. And then the dad was right behind them. So we was shooting the shit. And I said, uh, where's, uh, where's your other boy? And he goes, oh, he's on another team. And they're twins. I said, oh, I said, so what happened? He goes, well, one is a little better than the other. I go, okay, yeah, fair enough. And then uh, the other one we had to play for, we had to go to another team. So now the difference of the separation in their skill and their hockey level is not negligible, but let's say one's a, a first D, like a first pairing D, mm-hmm. and one's like a third pairing D, so a five, six. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got a one, two, and a five, six. So the dad, so I'm just looking at this, this is where I go, what is going on with minor hockey? Like, honest to God. So if you're, if I'm a coach, or no, I'm going to build a case for you. Eric, my son, Charlie, and my son, what's my, what's another freaking name? Bob. Charlie and Bob. I said, okay, so you want to keep Bob. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and Charlie, like, is he just not good enough? Or like, what's the deal? Why are you cutting him? Oh, he's a 6D. Seventh day. Okay. Hey, can I get a release so I can go to the same team and travel in one car and pay, yeah. you know, and have the one fee and all that kind of stuff? Can I do that, please? And you say, no. <laughs> like, or so, keep both. Yeah. Because the, the, the difference between, and I'm not saying, hey, if you want to pick the best team, fine, but keep both if you like the, the, the number one kid that much because the number five, six guy is not going to hurt you. Yeah. And in fact, I think he's probably five, six easily. Or, yeah, yeah, I'm a human. Go ahead and I'm going to save you 10 grand this year. Yeah. 
Like, you know what I mean? This, uh, yeah, so hang on. Let me sharpen it up because I think just so everyone understands what happened. So the kid, both kids are trying out for the same team. Yes. One kid made it. Other kid got cut. Kind of, yeah. Like, they're, you just, you, you're this close. Yeah, we can't keep you. And they're, so they're twins. Yeah. So as, as the coach of that team, the guy says, I really like the one son. I don't like the other one. Dad asks for a release. Yeah. And coach says no. Right. Coach <laughs> says no. So now he's got a kid playing on one team. And another kid playing on another team in the same league. An hour away. An hour away from each other. So he's got to go double schedule. One game every is week. two. Yeah. One game is one two. Practice one practice is two. two. And in two different places. Two different places. The whole year. The whole year. Like, so is that is that necessary? Does that make the number one kid, you happy that your number one kid made the team? No, you. I hate the coach's guts now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what, My like, life is there, is there no room for humanity? Like, just to just to be a decent yeah. human? So like, is it is it... Is it are you going to win and lose? Is it that much about winning and losing hockey and power tripping and stuff? Like, it makes no freaking sense to me. Well, it's it's getting more and more serious. Like, minor hockey, like, I, when I flash back to when I played, and certainly when you played, but when I was playing minor hockey, like, up until I was 14 or 15, it was some dad was the coach of the AAA team. You know, we didn't have... In Toronto, it was always, you know, they had better coaches and whatever. People were getting paid to coach and all that stuff. But for down here in the alliance for sure from here to toronto all the teams there was like most of the time it was one of the kids dads and maybe the the dad played a bit or had some experience playing somewhere or something yeah but now it's like it's getting so much more serious where like guys are like i was talking to one coach the other day i'm not bashing these he seems like a really good guy but he's been coaching the same triple a team since they were 10 and he's had them every year no kid on the team just like he's a coach he's does hockey coaching we were talking to another guy yesterday and same thing, their coach, like all he does is hockey coaching, you know? So they're, they're treating it so much more serious at a younger age. And I don't really know how I feel about it. Like, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because in some, it's probably in some ways good. In some ways it's bad, but in this situation, it's like, was this, is this necessary? So it's like for the sake of picking the best team, it's like, okay, you're, you're acting more like it's a junior team or something in this circumstance, as opposed yeah. to, you know, a minor hockey team where you're dealing with kids that are yeah. 15 or 14 or however old these kids were, you know? So it's like, is that necessary at minor hockey? Like, I don't really know, but. Well, I don't think so. That's yeah. my answer is I don't think so. It's like, I've always said that if someone was playing for me, which I only coached a couple of years in minor hockey. And if someone was playing for me, they said, uh, and they came up to me and said, uh, they were honest. They said, Andy, I hate your guts. Can I, can I don't want my kid around you? Can I have a release? I'd go, yeah. Uh, sure. Andy, Andy, uh, we'd like to play somewhere else because it's closer to home. I'd have a, probably a conversation, say like, uh, okay, what can I do to help? Like, blah 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 blah. Yeah. But yeah. is it actually a problem? Yeah, go. I don't care. Right. Like, are you gonna be happy? Yeah. At the end of the day, like, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. You know. Well, so. you think about that with the from the parent perspective too. Like, so if I'm the coach, especially in this situation, it's like so you got these two kids. By by cutting one of the kids. It's like we were talking about with the, those two kids that, that made uh, one of the junior teams around here, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, one kid's better than the other kid. Do you cut one? You know what I mean? Like A junior, it's a different story, though. But but it's still the same like level of humanity yep. decision that you're, you're making, yep. right? Even if yep. it's a junior team. It's like, okay, these are 15, 16-year-old kids. Yeah. These kids are 16. Okay, so played together their whole lives. Do I cut one of them? Even though he's like right there in the mix, and but maybe there's this other kid that is better, and I could take this kid. But it's like that should that should introduce like a problem in your decision making because yeah. it's like, man, that's tough to yeah. to do that. Yeah. 
so, and especially at minor hockey, it's like, especially if the other kid's good enough too. It's not like he's shit or something like that, you know? No, he's good enough. So, I, 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 like, I'm not coaching the team. Yeah, I'm yeah. not making a decision. If he yeah. was 10, yeah. not five or six, yeah. okay. I know. Say, the, listen, here's the deal. Your other son's just not good enough. And that's the seriousness I'm talking about. It's yeah. like, where do you draw the line yeah. of like, okay, how professional are we treating yeah. this? Or yeah. how, you know? And, and yeah. I was, so, I, so the other side, side is, okay, so why should someone suffer? Like, why would a five, six guy that's competing with the five, six kid, why should he have to suffer? So as a coach, I would say, okay, so maybe I let go of the, the, the better twin, mm-hmm. you know, to give the family, you know, you got to make a decision one way or another, but I think it, it can help the family. I would like, come on, man. Yeah. Plus yeah. he's got another son that plays triple. Yeah. Well, that's, so I got, think that's a, that's a, that's the where you draw the line on that, right? Yeah. Like there's, especially when they're kids. Yeah. Like they're kids. Yeah. And so, is, that, is that better for your dad to hate you as the coach now? Like that's what cut, I mean. You cut my one kid and you kept my other kid. It's like, yeah. this isn't actually better. Like, yeah. I'm not actually happy about this. Yeah. You now know? I get up, I go to work, and I travel around Ontario getting my kids to practice and games and stuff. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's so the other the other thing I have, and this is one of the biggest, I don't want to say pet peeve because a pet peeve is just kind of annoying, This, is, but it just drives me nuts. So speaking to another person last week, and his son, his son made a AAA team, and they are... Maybe Pee Wee. Okay. So would that be 10? No, 11. 11? It's like so off. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so 11. <laughs> I think 11. I think 11. Okay. Uh, and it might be 10, yeah. right? So um, team's made, but this the coach also has a hockey school. Runs hockey oh, yeah. camps, hockey camps and stuff like that. So the guy wants to make a living in, in teaching hockey, which is I have no problem with. Anybody can do that if, you know, you do a good job, make money. Don't do a good job. If you can get people's money, good for you. But when you coach a team, now you have 20, roughly 20 people that are potential customers. And this is where my issue always comes in. So when you use that leverage to to make money on top of, like, so I know that in the minor hockey, there's a little bit of money that gets passed down to the coaches. In some, in some teams, in some organizations, it's expenses plus maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a problem with. I don't have a problem with a coach coaching, and the and the team and the organization organizations and the parents take care of their travel, take care of their bill. The coach shouldn't have to pay. I, I believe that truly. Yeah, that's I think fine. anytime you're going out somewhere, hey, I got your coffee. I got your, you know, that's not a problem. Um, if you give them a stipend of a little bit of spending money, okay, so let's say a little bit of spending money on your road, on your tournaments and stuff, like a little bit, okay, or the, uh, there's an expense account. I can, I'm can, i even okay with that, but I'm not a big fan of paying a coach, especially when they're young, young, young. Yeah, in minor hockey. Minor hockey. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is it becomes, coaching becomes a business. And I did, I saw in the States that people try to just do this as a, as a business. I remember asking one of my assistant coaches, I said, what a... Where else do you work, man? And then he goes, I coach hockey. I go, what are you, what are you talking about? I, I just coach hockey. So everything they do is for my, uh, monetary uh, reasons. So you pick your teams on monetary reasons. You, you get ice time on monetary reasons and all that stuff. So anyways, this 10, 11-year-old kid play, plays for this team. This coach has a hockey school or trains hockey players as well. And then the team's made. People have already they, have already spent for signing up and stuff. I think it's like $5,000 to sign up for this organization and ice fees and all this kind of stuff. So there's a big chunk of money that's just gone out. Teams made, team meeting. We also have a camp that I'm going to be running. It's a mandatory camp. 
It's a three, whatever. It's like five, six hundred bucks, whatever it was. So four hundred, five hundred bucks, but you have to go. Well, that's that's there's no there's no choice, and even if there was a little bit of a choice. There's not really a There's choice. There's not really a choice. Yeah. Like, like, I know, if they say you don't have to. I know hockey parents. Yeah. They're going to say, well, if I don't go, he's going to use it against me. And yeah. he might. Yeah. But this, so this guy's taking this guy's taking his team and saying, okay, now you have to pay me to do something that uh, is not on the schedule, not in the budget, but I, I need to make some more money. Yeah. It's outside of the team thing. You're so, coming to my business. I'm yeah, making you yeah, come to my you business. You have to come now. to my business. Yeah. And I've always had a problem with that because yeah. even when people come and sign up for mine, when, when like I, I always resist doing the teams in the season. And I know most people, like I see people all over the place that see it's no, it's a good thing because you're training people. And I, I get that. But my point is, is that when someone comes on the ice with me is because they want to be there, every, every single one of them, not because they have to. And I think that when, I got a couple reasons on this. When a, when a, when a team comes in, as a team, then you're oh, inevitably you're going to have a couple kids that maybe don't even know me, and you're going to come and train with me, and you better listen and do what I'm, you know, my my yeah. program. Could be I have no idea what they're doing outside of their team, uh, so I could be doing something that just actually hurts them if I don't have a clue of a pulse on what they're doing. Yep. Right. Um, I don't like that the coaches force that because there's a, for many reasons, and one of them could be if someone just doesn't like anything that I do or my gym or anything about me and you force them to come to my training, it's like, that's not right. Mm-hmm. It's not right. What if you just like someone else? And, and, and so and this is what I don't like is when teams, especially if you enforce it in the summertime, it's like, okay, so I, I have a group of kids that come up and they spend time and energy and money on me or our, our program. So let's say they're doing our workout, they're doing our skills or, or our hockey program. And you've got them in the gym with your program doing these things. And, okay, this is real beneficial. Plus, Andy skating. Okay, that's going to be real good. Perfect. Then the coach says, oh, yeah, we have a skate on Sunday. we got an off ice with someone else on Tuesday. You just ruined it. You ruined yeah. it. You just started to get in someone else's business. Yep. And yep. it's it's I, I don't like it. But I, I especially don't like when someone coaches a team and then they have that business yeah, they can in hockey it, yeah. in there and they start taking from parents. Yeah. There's no There's no – at the end of the day, it's not a happy purchase. You know what I mean? Right. People aren't saying, oh, yeah, ha- I gladly go spend more money on yeah, you. Yeah, it's like you're paying my see ass. every freaking day. Yeah. Now you need more? Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Well, I got I got a couple of points on that. The only the only pushback I'll give on the, the paying the coaches thing is when you're trying to get, like, quality people to be your coach, though, like, what what incentive does a good person have? Not, not a good person. A good coach, hopefully also a good person. To go and take time with that team if you're not making it worth their time. For so for example, you, you're a perfect example. So when you were coaching in Bell Tire, it was like, okay, Andy, you should come coach. Nah. Andy, come coach. I don't want to. What if we give you this much? Nah. What if we give you this much? Nah. What if we give you this much? All right. Like, okay, that's that's worth my time. Now they have a really high quality coach and those kids are a lot older, which is part of the yeah. part of the, something yeah. to consider. But at the same time, it's like, how do you how do you get somebody who's a quality person, not just Joe Dad that knows nothing? So, if, like, so for example, for me, because people have now come to me, even though I've never coached before, so yeah. it's not really appropriate. But people don't really know any better, so they'll come to me and say, "Hey, would you want to come coach this team?" Or have you ever thought about coaching? And I say, "I've thought about coaching. I'm not going to, but I've thought about it, and it's for exactly this reason. I'm I don't want to go make you guys pay me a whole bunch of money." 
and I know it's not worth my time unless you were to pay me a whole bunch of money. Yeah. So it's like, how do you get, there is some of that that you kind of need to attract somebody who's a, a decent coach or will actually teach your kids something. So there's that like part of it too. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. I totally get that. Yeah. I totally get that. But I'll, the other, the, the flip side of that is what I could tell you this. There's not a whole lot of very few, very few coaches that could coach minor hockey that are qualified to get paid. I agree. Yeah. I because totally you hear it all the time. Yeah. They get to their junior, they get to the OHL or college and the coaches go teach them hockey. Yeah. They teach them hockey. They don't know because of the, the, the systems and all that stuff. Yeah, they're they're a little bit of something yeah. or whatever, but they're not. Yeah, it's teach, not really worth the not dime, anyways. Worth yeah. it, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah even, I agree. even for the kids that I coach, and I was, I'm not too proud to say it, is when I coached uh, um, Bell Tire, and and you know a lot of kids got drafted, and they like, really enjoyed me as a coach, but. I'm not the same coach they had in, you know, I was teaching them different things than they would learned in college or in, in the OHL. Yeah. Cause it's not the same yeah. type of hockey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the emphasis is on winning. What, what is a good coach? I mean, that's the question you got to ask. Yeah. But I understand, like, listen, I understand you play in the competitive Toronto markets and, uh, you know, people just have the attitude, like, you know, they, they, they think that everyone's not, they don't think that everybody, but they, they feel like this is the best league in in the world, and and probably rightly so. Hmm. And uh, they put together the best teams, and they want to have the best coaches that they feel they can get, and they pay them. Yeah. And it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. It is what it is. But just from my perspective, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I was fine with Charlie, my my kid. And I always say that if you, I don't just talk the talk, right? My deeds. Just watch my deeds, and I didn't care who coached Charlie. I, I like the fact that a lot of times he didn't have coaching because he had to figure things out on his own. And then when he when he finally did have coaching, like pretty good coaching, like in in midget major Bantam, I mean, uh, Coach Matt was an excellent coach, but he's not OHL qualified. Right. He's probably maybe a, a little bit of junior qualified and get away with it, right? Yeah. And and uh, but he's a great coach for the, for that level. Yeah. But uh, it's it's I like the fact that he was good enough to give them some uh, structure and ideas and treat them properly. Well, I think some of them have like, again to your point, like the some of them have like a reputation that they would be a good coach, but they're not really. Yeah. And it's like then you're paying all these coaches all this money, yeah. even though they're not really because who judges like how good a coach is in minor hockey? You know, like how are you? Who like no one is really qualified to tell who's a good coach and who isn't, and then you just best end up, players win. Usually. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's it's something like that. And another thing I was gonna say is. Um, you're talking about like team, like having coaches that mandate like team things. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a saying, I was talking the other day to, to one of the coaches of uh, one of the AAA teams. And I, man, this guy's philosophy is great. And he's got a fantastic team, like the group of kids that he has. I love working with these kids. And he was saying that he's not, and I was really impressed with like hearing him talk about it. He's like, I'm not mandating any team, any team, anything. He's like, I want the kids to work out and I want the kids to obviously stay on, on track with, you know, the right things, but they're so busy. They have so many things going on. I don't want to just like throw something else on their plate that they have to do. Thank you. Because which, and it was awesome to hear because when I called them to talk, cause I was trying to get some of their guys <clears throat> seeing if you'd be interested in doing a team thing just for the sake of having them come here so that we like have a chance to work with them and develop them and all that kind of stuff. And I was happy to hear him say, like, I don't like team doing team things like that. 
and making them do stuff. Yeah. I was like, perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, like, it is excellent. So can we get them in like on their own? They they get to decide their choice if they want to come yeah. and do the thing, yes. you know, and the parents get to decide. It's like, because you don't know, like some kid might be an only child and the, their parents have all the money to spend on them and whatever. And then the kid on his line, they got four kids, all of them play sports. One's a dance. Yeah, it's just not in the, it's just not in the cards to make one extra trip or three extra trips a week to do whatever the thing is, right? So it's, it's, it's important to remember that as, as the coaches. And I, I was talking to another coach and we got, we ended up break. He wanted to do a team thing and we ended up breaking that up and got him to just let the kids pick if they wanted to do it. And now they're going to come in. They decided to come. They want to be here. Their parents are going to be happy to, to do what they're doing because they got to pick to do it. Yes. And they're not feeling that pressure of like the coaches imposing this on me yeah. like you're talking about. Right. So yeah, that's, that's something for coaches to keep in mind for sure. Yeah. Like just, I, that's the one thing, even with the business, I, I'm very well aware of like, I, maybe it's to my fault, but I, I'm very aware of what people are spending and I, I, you know, people spend a lot of money and they have a lot of time. And when you start bringing, throwing too much on their plate, it's like, you don't want them coming here regretfully or yeah. kids coming here like, Oh, it's another workout. I'm just going to go half house. You want them to be here. Yeah, for and, sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just, I find it, I always found it funny when coaches say, you have to do this, you have to do this. Like it's six nights a week, man. Yeah. Well, and it starts to take away from other things, like you were saying too, right? Your like, life. Like what if, what if the 14 year old plays another sport or like cares about school or is, has another hobby that they like to do yep. or whatever. It's like, now you're like taking away from other parts of their life because you're making it 24 seven hockey yeah. before that's appropriate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, Char- when, when Charlie was playing in, in Windsor, we live in the county, so not the coach's problem, but just the sim- simplicity of getting into games and practices uh, on the on the regular basis and worse at workouts. I live in I work in obviously here in Windsor. He was going to school in in the county, so Christine and would work just down the road from me. So in order to get him to practice workouts, skates with me, whatever, we'd have to get out to the county and come back in. So we had a choice to either stay at the arena all night for two, th- two hours or three hours, or one of us come back and want to go get it. Anyways, the, the cars were going all the time. That's yeah. with one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the, the cost gets big. Yeah. And I would say, and that's the coach. It's like, they, they're not really thinking about that. You know, it's yeah. like they're not considering because a lot of coaches are younger that are younger too, and they don't have families. They don't have as much to consider. Right. But it's funny. As soon as you get a coach that has a couple kids or has something, then it's like, they start to think more about stuff yeah. like that. And you yeah. can't, it can't be all go all the time. The flip the side of that, though, like when I was in Detroit, they wanted to be on the ice every every day and stuff like that. And I was like, it's, guys, I was looking at the demographics of where they live, and it was like a lot of people were driving an hour to go to practice and yeah. workouts and yeah. games and all, like a lot of traveling and stuff. And I was kind of aware of it, but then you can't please everybody either. You give someone yeah. a night or two off to go and live their life. And then, you know, you get people going, well, we need more. We need more. I'm yeah. like, oh, I guess you can't win. Well, you can't the, win. I mean, and the, everything we're talking about, like there's positives and negatives yeah, yeah. to both, right? Like you pay yeah. a coach, something about that might be good. Something about that might not. Yeah. Practicing, practicing every day. Something about that might be good. Something about it, maybe not. But so it's always like a balance of all this, all the variables with stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah. okay. Um, so today I wanted to talk about, I think this would, this is actually going to be kind of interesting. Because I don't, I've never heard this like directly from you, like, cause I want to get like detailed on, on what I'm asking, but I was thinking back a, a couple of days ago about now that I'm training a lot of these kids that are going into junior and stuff, I'm like reflecting a lot about, um, like when I played and, 
and reasons why things worked out or didn't. I've mentioned a few things to you, like a few choices I could have made that I didn't make and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And not that I'm coming from any place of like regret necessarily because like I did what I thought I needed to do with the information I had at the time, but I thought it might be good from your perspective. And then if we have time, we could get to mine. But from your perspective, what you think the reasons are that you didn't make the jump to play in the NHL or whatever, yeah. because from, from my perspective, from what I know of you, you were like a really highly touted prospect. You played for team Canada. You did a whole bunch of shit when you were playing in junior. You're obviously, you're obviously good enough from a skill perspective. Yeah. So skating, shooting, passing, stick handling, all that kind of stuff, playing yeah. the game. Like you were, you had the tools, yeah. but didn't pan out. And I think it's something that a lot of kids could. No toolbox. Yeah. yeah. Tools, no toolbox. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I'm sure it'll end up being something similar for me, where it's like that put it all together piece Yeah. was something that maybe was missing, but I wanted to go through and get your perspective. Cause I think it's something that relaying this message, a lot of kids will probably be able to like to start to think about things and how they're starting to progress and maybe if they're focused on the wrong thing or they're looking at the wrong resource or whatever and it might be something useful for for kids to start thinking about. Yep. So the first thing is, yes, as far as, okay, no, the first thing is you said you really want to get in depth with it and I have, it's it's very hard for me Mm -hmm. because, not because of the hockey, because of uh, my life, Mm -hmm. my home life and, and stuff like that. And I say that not because... Uh, it's just out of respect to my family yep. that I don't want to sit here and, and tell the world all my problems. Yep. Do you know what I mean? 100%. 100% yeah. So there, I'm going to put a lot of velvet on the sledgehammer out of respect to my family. Mm-hmm. And uh, But there's there's probably a message in there. And, and, and the other side of it is, you know, if I was to tell you all those details, then someone out there would say, well, it's not as bad as I got it. And mm-hmm. I and understand. The second thing is I don't, qualifying this is I want to make sure that this doesn't come across as excuse-itis. Right. Okay. I don't, because there's no excuses. This is the reality. And I'm going to try to say the best, the best that I can. Yeah. Well, let let me, I want to line it up a little bit more too, because Mm -hmm. what I was going to say to, to even for, for me, like the caveats I was going to throw, but if I get a chance to talk about my own stuff, the caveats I was going to throw out is, there might be someone listening that knows me and remembers how I played mm-hmm. and was around when I played, and they might listen to everything I say and be like, "Well, that's not the way. That's not it. the way it was when I was with, with like playing with right. you and whatever." And of course, like it would be different depending. So this is just like your own personal perspective, my personal perspective. There's details that could be wrong or different or whatever. And then the other one I was going to put out for me personally was like the bottom line is I like I just wasn't good enough. Yeah. And the and looking back reflecting on it like these are just like some of the things that could have contributed to why that was the case it's not like well the coach didn't like me or i got screwed or like any of the that's not what we're what the point of this is yeah it's like doing a legit analysis of like okay where did i maybe make a wrong move where i could have done something different that would have been helpful and that's that's what the point of this is it's not to like go back and revisit and complain and bitch about things that didn't work out it's just like to try to provide something that's useful for kids and so that they can maybe avoid the same mistakes that yeah. you made or, or I made or whatever. So m- maybe start, go through, uh, if you can, can go through like your, just a briefly, like you're playing where, like where you started playing, how you progressed up into junior or whatever. And then we'll walk into maybe some of the, yeah, it's pretty stuff. simple. Grew, yeah. up, grew up in Northern Ontario. You know, I was, uh, just, Oh, by the time I hit minor Bantam, I was just the best player every time I stepped on the ice. So, like, for example, I'd be in a tournament and Brendan Shanahan, who was my age, would, would see, I remember him seeking me out and saying, hey, man, like, you want to talk to me? 
mm-hmm. and and th- he thought I was a shit, right? And uh, that's the, just the way I grew up. I had a ton of points. I I played hard. I played hurt. I, I was physical enough. Uh, very smart, intelligent hockey player, and I loved hockey. I didn't have anything else. It was my passion. It was everything that I loved. And then, but I'm saying that as a minor hockey player. So that's a lot of people could say that. But yeah. anyways, I was I was when I stepped on the ice, I was the best player on the ice. Maybe once in a while there'd be someone that in someone else's opinion, they were better, but not very often. I remember playing at a tournament in the Toronto and I came in, I came off for a game and there's a, a man, I don't, you know, back then he looked like he was 112. Yeah. He was probably like a dad from somewhere. And he, he, you know, he was like, I want tickets when you play in the NHL and stuff like that. That's, that's what I heard all the time. Yeah. So, um, so that was that. So obviously for me to pursue hockey was a, a real thing. I was one of the best of the best. So, uh, yeah, I got to play for uh, Team Ontario, team under-18s and stuff like that. It was great. So the, some of my peers were Brendan Shanahan and Luke Richardson and Brian Marchment and Jody Hall. And, uh, you know, I forgot half the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, very, all very good hockey players that uh, a lot of them played in the NHL. And uh, those were my peers. That's what I would compare myself to. And uh, we were all drafted together. And, you know, I was drafted to the Sudbury Wolves, 30, 32nd overall. As an underage, made the team. And I thought, and when I went there, it was fine. It was fine. Um, during that time, my parents got, um, you know, pretty, pretty nasty divorce and there's a lot of sideshows that go with this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so our, the household wasn't really stable and I didn't have a lot of guidance, if I can say that. And when I say guidance, it didn't mean that, you know, what the term, when you say you didn't have guidance, a lot of people think that, okay, so you're drinking and doing drugs and doing bad things. That's not what I was doing. It just mm-hmm. didn't have guidance. My, mm-hmm. my, my drug was hockey. It really was. Hockey was my drug. And um, it was my drug until I didn't know any better. Like, till I didn't know that, um, how to deal with it. Okay, so I get to my first year of, uh, of junior and, uh, you know, I feel good. Nothing, nothing wrong. So physically, so I'm just going to go into that. So physically, 1985... Hockey players, like it's old school hockey now. There's no, there's a red line. So you're only playing, like, you know, the ice is smaller. There's a lot of clutching and grabbing. There's a fight every two, two minutes. Uh, the bigger you were, the better. If you could, uh, you know, if you, you didn't necessarily have to skate because you can get your stick into someone and you can, you know, it was a physical, physical game, which was, I was fine with. Um, but I was only five foot nine and a half and 170 pounds when I was 16 years old playing in that league. So um, really, really, really tough, tough league. But as far as the skating, I could skate with anyone, pretty much. Uh, shoot, I could shoot a puck. Uh, you know, I could put up points. I could make plays. I had agility um, and, and all that stuff. So the physical side, all good. The skill side was as high high end as anybody's out there. Uh, so, like, all the hockey stuff, I was fine with. What I didn't understand going into junior, and this is where the guidance, and, and, and I'm not saying there wasn't any around, but I didn't know where to get it or I wasn't smart enough uh, or my head was up my ass so far that I didn't know that I wasn't doing Mm -hmm. what I was supposed to. Like there was other sides of the game besides minor hockey type hockey playing. Mm -hmm. So I, when I, when I went through junior, I didn't know like when, when there was any type of struggle or anything. It was mental. It was all mental. Okay. Okay. So so pause first. So before you go to to the mental, because I know we'll get into that for a while. So, from the the physical perspective like you're talking about was that did that end up being a reason why you didn't make it though like the stature part of it like so so because we talk about this all the time how it was a different game right yeah. 
you, you, you need to be big, strong. Skating wasn't necessarily the most important thing. But if you could skate, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well the, probably yeah. The, one of the reasons why you could hang out there was because you could skate so well, yeah. right? Because you could make up for maybe a size difference yep. with the fact that you could skate, yep. you know? But because of the way the game was played back then, do you think it could have been partly like a timing thing where you didn't physically maybe you weren't the not that you were the wrong type of player but you weren't like what was being looked for at the time does that make yeah, sense yeah 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 well like like i don't care what anyone says right now about you know the, the smaller player has a chance they do like in we're th- talking 2018 19 20 21 maybe through to 25 yeah to say that you know the smaller player you, know, you don't have to be big anymore and i, I disagree yeah i disagree because you know what the first thing they everyone asked when uh, charlie got interviewed Size of your feet, how big are how tall are your parents? Yeah. Size doesn't matter. Yeah. And 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 as you get going, the big guy has a has a yeah uh, has a, has more. Well, of it's a just chance. better like, to be it's bigger. It's just better to be yeah. bigger. Like to a certain degree, it is. Yeah. And uh, there's there's a lot of factors into that. So to answer your question, was size a factor? One hundred percent. Yeah. But it's not the factor. Right. Because I played with guys like like I always say, Tiger Chitteroni. That was uh, shorter than me. He was about five seven, five eight. Tough as nails. He used to yeah. fight guys, and you yeah. know he just had that grit that he he knew how to play with his size. But as good as he was, he got drafted to Buffalo late. Never made it, and mm-hmm. a lot of it would have probably had to do with size. You get leaned on over and over by a guy like Darian Hatcher, where flip the tables. If he was playing now, there's not a chance he'd play in the NHL. There's a lot of guys that played when I played that would not even couldn't play. Right, couldn't play. Yeah. So, yeah, so a timing thing is 100%. Uh, that would be very true because yeah. at, at the end of the day, your five foot nine, five foot ten guy playing against the, the uh, playing in the jungle is you're not intimidating anybody. And if you do, it ain't very often. Or, yeah. And if you do, you got to do it again and again and again. And eventually you wear out. Having said that, like one of the owners on uh, Charlie's team is Scott Walker. So S- Scott's about my height. He might have a little bit on me. Late, uh, he broke in the league at 18, and uh, it was not an issue for him. He beat the living snot out of people and played points, and he didn't know that he was maybe on the shorter end because he was just so incredibly tough. Yeah. And I didn't have, like, to be honest with you, like, I got in my fights, you know, I got in my three to five fights a year. Mm-hmm. I got into them, and, uh, but, but I wasn't, I, I wasn't going to do that every day. I'd, I'd be dead right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it wouldn't have been a smart thing. That's not my style, but he, that, in his style, that worked for him. And I, so I didn't have that grit to go out and get in a fight every game. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to be, I wanted to play hockey as well. Right. It, it wouldn't have been good for me. So, so, so what, what we're going to kind of end up wrapping with is like, it's going to end up being a combination of things. Yeah. That is a reason why somebody doesn't yeah. make it who is good enough. Yeah. Right. So given that you have the baseline of skills and the hockey stuff, like you're talking about, yeah. If you don't make it, there's a bunch of reasons. It's not just one thing. So this yeah. could just be one thing that yeah. you didn't really have a lot of control over that for no. the time you were playing yeah. was more of a factor than it maybe would be now, let's say. So. Yeah, it was more of a factor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I always say, but it's always easy to say this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I always say that if I would have uh, if I would have had my shot uh, in the last 10 years, Maybe I maybe I'm not as good as I think I was, but yeah. it would be more conducive to the way I played. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent for sure. 100%. Okay, so that's that. Continue. Yeah. So so now talking on the physical size, the other thing, but I think a lot of people are in the same boat on the physical size was um, I didn't know how to train. Like I ran a lot, and I did get a membership at a, at a gym, and I did my 
my own thing. Like I'm, I would consider myself now like fairly intelligent. I do a lot of reading and I understand fitness and I understand training and how muscles work and your energy systems and stuff. And it would, would make sense to me now, but at 16, 15, 16, when I was getting ready to play, I had no idea. I did a lot of running. I heard running is good. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of running. So I had a good, great set of lungs on me, but I didn't do, you know, so, and then we'd go to the gym. I'd go to the gym and yeah, squats were there, but not tons, but that was the, and leg extensions. Yeah. And I did some sprinting, but that was like totally just, that made sense to me. Yeah. But there wasn't anything for legs or like, like a, a real, like a program. There's yeah. no program. To be, a, to be an athlete. Yeah. yeah. Now, I couldn't afford a gym. Like, yeah. like, like, so part of the issue here, talking to like about 14 and on, so I, I had to help my mom pay rent. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of my time was spent, you know, working. And then when I had money, I'd give my mom money so that we could pay rent or get food. So that was like one of my high priorities. So to go out and get uh, whatever it would be back then, even if it was $15 a month, you know, to me, it was like, holy crap, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was 20, maybe it was 30. I don't know. Yeah. But it was, it was a lot to me. And then the other thing was getting there. I had to get to that gym. So I found a gym close to my place. It was at the college where it was cheaper. And I had, I had a membership and I'd get there as often as I could uh, after work in the summer times and stuff like that. But the workouts itself resembles absolutely nothing. Yeah. To even the way I train today. So I'm a 52-year-old guy that works out uh, uh, more athletically, obviously, than I did when I was an actual athlete. So my workouts today have no resemblance of what they were back then. I grabbed some weights, I lifted them. I thought if I did a whole bunch of them, I'd be good. It took me about an hour usually, 45 minutes, and then I go play badminton or squash after or run. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there was so you, no benefit to my physical. Now, was there people that had good? Yeah, some guys had some good workouts, but that's you know it is. So I didn't my I didn't get physically better through working out. Yeah. Did I have the work ethic to do it? Yes. And I used to get very jealous or bitter. That's a better word. Just bitter that you know you, I know that I have the talent, but I know that I also know that mom can't afford to get me there. And mom can't afford to help me, and. You know, I'd be working a job during the day. One of my best friends would come by all the time and stop as he was going for a run or going to the gym and kind of joke around with me like, uh, you know, working, right? And I'd sit there when he'd leave and I'd go, man, like, he gets to yeah. sleep in and he gets to go work out and his mom makes really good meals. My mom doesn't. It's like, yeah. this is, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It was like, it was, so as that comes out of my head, there's that poor me. And there was that poor me back oh, yeah. then. There, 100% there was poor me. Instead of, I didn't have the mental maturity to say, yeah, well, I'm going to get to the gym after this, after my work today, and I'm going to freaking kill it. And, yeah. I'm gonna, you know, I, and, and fuel the fire. And instead, I did have that poor me attitude. Yeah. So it was like a little like self-sabotage came thousand out percent. of that. Yeah. thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, that, that uh, and that's a different kind of thing to, to have to deal with. Like a lot of kids now, like kids that have access to listening to this. Probably none of them will have to ever deal with anything like that, but they might. Well, they don't have to deal with anything like that. Like they might not have to deal with anything like that, but I know for a fact there's kids that the parents just can't afford certain things. Right. But if you have access to listening to this, then I hope that the, I hope that the message gets through is that it's important that you get this message, that there is no poor me and that there is, 
there are ways to get things done and there's the internet and there's all kinds of things that there are tools to get there and there's us yeah that if anybody actually needed help they could actually come and see us yeah and listen i i don't throw this out who knows what will happen here but for people that live around here if it's a true i just can't afford it or whatever dude we'll help you yeah this is just the way we are yeah for sure well, the, and that, that's what I was going to say. Like problems end up being relative to what you know, yeah. right? So kids, if if just because you, you have food in the cupboard every day, that's you might have some other issue that to you feels like the biggest problem in the world. And that's yeah. what the message is. is like you need, to, you need to figure out how to like take in the fact that someone's going to have it better than you because there's also someone that has it worse than you, you know? So whatever your problem is, like you have to try to keep that in perspective. Like at whatever extreme you think yeah. you're at in terms of a, having a problem, someone's got it better, someone's got it worse. So just take like whatever the shit hand is in that situation and you have to be able to to bounce back from that and not do the poor me thing because I did a ton of that too when I was when I was playing yeah. and I had nothing to complain about relative to your life growing up, right. you know? But you, you, you only know what you know. So it's- You only it's, know what you know. So that, that's what it is. It's the mindset that, that you want to pull out of that for yeah. sure. So Funny story. Well, it's not funny, but- it's funny, but so uh, I don't know. My my best friend, I'll say this: my best my best friend at the time played for Kingston, and uh, in the summer times, he uh, his mom used to be able to cook, and we never had meals like that at our house. So he'd uh, he'd call me, goes uh, back, and you coming over for dinner tonight, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd go there, <laughs> and he would. It was almost like a, a movie, because he'd just sit there and watch, because he could see I was so excited about having like chicken and vegetables like a really really well-cooked meal that his mom put all day into and stuff and she would sit there and she'd light up a cigarette she goes here you go she'd give me the plate of food and she'd sit there and she'd just light up her cigarette just <laughs> just watch me eat my buddy be like my buddy Sirks would be like Packard's good eh like <laughs> like you like chicken like that yeah yeah you like potatoes yeah it's good it's good eh Packard so good <laughs> <laughs> But for him, it was every day. Yeah, yeah it's it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. So so then finishing off maybe the physical thing. So you were talking about the training. Yeah. And so basically, you kind of accidentally did some things that were right and some yeah. things that were wrong. Yeah. But you didn't really have any. Always direction. shot my pucks. Always yeah. did my runs. Yeah. Always did. Uh, you know, I did some type of workouts and stuff, but I didn't yeah. know how to to marry the the nutrition. I didn't know. I listen how stupid I was. I didn't even know water was good for you. Yeah. That's. But I, I mean, maybe this sounds absolutely ridiculous. But this is how this is how far I've come. I didn't even know water was good for. Her. I mean, we drank some, yeah, but we didn't know that water was actually something good for. Her. That wasn't in our household. It wasn't a. T- we didn't speak of that. Yeah, my yeah. dad used to drink when he was lived at the house. He used to drink tea, coffee, uh, not too many beers, but he would have beer or uh, orange juice. I'd never seen him drink a glass of water in my life. Yeah. In my life, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. In my life, so, so it was not there. So you got. So we got the physical thing in terms of like a stature piece. And then we got, we'll call it like training from, you know, working out to nutrition stuff, to recovery stuff. Like that just wasn't, was kind of non-existent non-existent for for when you were coming up. So there's two, there's two big reasons to start with. Yeah. Okay. As composed as opposed to other people. Then, um, yeah. So then I don't know. I can't really say that anything other, other than that physically, except for, you know, not working, to make myself better physically. Mm-hmm. Like I probably, I don't know. I don't know what else I could, you know, I know what I could have done. I could have had different, if I, if I, if I would have been open to it and if I would have had access to it and 
yeah, yeah, all had that information, stuff sure. I would have done yeah, yeah. a whole different workouts. Yeah. yeah, okay. Would have did more boxing. I did a little bit of boxing, but not, not nothing crazy. Right. But yeah. So so then when it comes maybe focusing more on like the mental piece now because I know you got a lot on on that that thinking. So when it comes, I'll just line you up with a couple things. Yeah, so obviously there's, yeah, I do it that way. Obviously there's a couple things like away from the rink. So whether it's your home life and all that stuff, and we don't need to get into nope. details of that or whatever. So that's obviously one thing. But then maybe more towards in game. So like what happened over the four years, let's say that you're playing in the OHL, even with, with team Canada and all that kind of stuff, what were some things that happened when you kind of reflect back on it, that maybe like there was different decisions you could have made, or you could have dealt with certain situations differently, or, uh, there was a coach that something happened where if that went differently, maybe something could have happened differently or whatever, a playing situation or whatever whatever you want to go with over those four years in junior what were some of the big things strictly from like the hockey perspective and it can be a mental thing obviously but that that maybe kept you from taking a a step into to the next level or being noticed nhl wise or whatever yeah so to me it was it was two sorts sort of mental things it was a mental and emotional okay so i was not mentally prepared in any way shape or form i've learned that as i went and emotionally was not prepared at, at all, at all. So I, like I always said, I always thought hockey players are just hockey players. And, and I was a young 16 year old kid with zero guidance. So I thought everybody was kind of like me. They're just hockey geeks. So when I walked in the room and the last thing guys were talking about were hockey, I was like kind of shocked. So I, you know, emotionally, I just wanted to fit in. And, and like it's when I say fit in, it's not about doing things with the guys and stuff, but I wanted the guys to obviously like me. Right, and they did, but I was a little kid. Who, what twenty-year-old kid, twenty-year-old wants to hang out with a sixteen-year-old kid? Yeah, that's the bottom line. I didn't know the difference, right? I always people usually like me, but uh, I was I was insecure. I just wanted to fit in the room, and I thought hockey would do the talking. So, um, so emotionally, I was like in the room trying to fit in. The coach would not say hi or bye or you know didn't speak to you at all, which I thought was kind of weird. So that was playing on me and and. You know, the size of the guys and some of the guys being in shape, like you're sitting there going, okay, I'm just, I just want to fit in. Like I'm small. I don't, I'm not, I'm not the cool guy anymore. So like that was, that, that was one thing, but it played with, it played on my head. But mentally I had zero mental toughness. Like I shouldn't say zero. I had some because I survived. So the first incident that happened was uh, first game. We were at home against Windsor. I had two points. I played, I thought I played really well. Uh, whatever I know, but I felt very comfortable. I took some big hits from like some big, you know, some big D and I, I you know, I, I, I did my job. I got my regular shift, ended up with two assists. That's a pretty good game. And I felt pretty good. The next game we were playing the Hamilton Steelhawks and I got zero shifts. So as a, as a young guy, no one ever explained to me ever that when you get to this league, this four or five year difference in, in players, and guys that are drafted and all this stuff, you got to learn the league and all the things that you just be aware of. Just, you know, don't take things personally. Just, you know, keep doing the work. I was sitting on the bench after, you know, about halfway through the first period, like with tears in my eyes going, what, what's going on? I'd look at the coach, like, I, I'm right here, eh? And not one shift. And it wasn't, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything right. It didn't give me a chance to play. Yeah. You know, so in hindsight, the coach was probably saying, okay, this is a top team. Uh, tough team, a uh, big team. They're playing their top two lines. Shane Corson just got sent back from Montreal. Like maybe that's what it was. I don't have no idea, but all I know is I got off the ice and I 
could have took my clothes off and went home because I didn't sweat once. Yeah. So that hit me. That hit me like I didn't even get a shift. And it was like emotionally like, this is horrible. I'm no good. That's yeah. really what I said. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. The coach hates me. Those are the words that went through my head. Yeah, for sure. So then the next game was whoever it was. And, you know, the shifts were like kind of normal, but not really. And then the shifts just kept going up and down. And I didn't know what to do. Having said that, the coach was not there to help. He, uh, the, my first year, the coach came to about, and I'm not exaggerating. If I remember him coming to four or five practices, maybe. And then a lot of the times he'd come in the last 10 minutes of practice and jump on the ice. So our captain was running the team. So I remember being in the OHL, but I didn't know the difference. I didn't know. I didn't know that there was actual coaching. I remember coming off the ice one time in, in preseason and uh, I was on a power play and I was, you know, I, I came with 200 and some points I was drafted with. So I came in, I was looking for a play, moving my feet a little bit and I made a play and it didn't score, but he, I got to the bench and he yelled at me for moving my feet. He goes on a power play, you never move your feet. So I'm sitting there, oh, but I didn't, I couldn't even process like, you're an idiot yeah. because you didn't tell us anything. Yeah. You just, you, you're coaching after the fact, but you never implemented one thing. Yeah. Um, so it was like, okay, I did that wrong. And everything I felt like I was doing was wrong. And I didn't feel like he liked me at all. So as a 16 year old kid, emotionally weak, mentally weak, you, you, you're not even getting coaching. You don't understand why you're not playing. The guys don't give a shit if you're not playing. Cause all they care about is that you're playing. Mm-hmm. So now that oh, those insecurities play. And when you have insecurities and you don't know how to deal with them, it takes a toll on your game. It literally took me two years to get through that. Yeah. Seriously. Plus I was injured. <laughs> yeah. So listening to that, just like you're saying from like on the bench, you don't know why you're, you're not playing or why you're playing. You can't see any pattern to the behavior of like, hey, why did I get some shifts this game and not the next game? Or you've never yeah. felt what it's like to be benched before right? because you're always the top guy that was always playing all the minutes and scoring all the goals and all that kind of stuff. So now you're jumping into a situation where you're not that right now. So it was that. So you don't understand why you're not playing. And I, I honestly couldn't figure out. I didn't know what else I could do. I knew that I was a point getter, so I got to get points, but I can't get points if I'm, yeah. if, I, if I'm not on the ice. Um, I didn't know anything about roles. We didn't have roles, yeah. except the only roles that we knew that we had is that there was guys that looked like gorillas that used to beat the shit out of people. <laughs> that was a role. I knew that wasn't going to be my role. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know how to ask about a role, and the coach was not approachable. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know who to go to, and I don't know if I would have. Yeah. So uh, there was but no... I just I felt very helpless on what can I do to get better. Exactly. And I didn't know who to talk to, and I don't know <clears> if I would listen. And I had a whole bunch of other stuff going on that 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 just made me feel like you just you're, you're you're not good enough. It took me, like I said, two years to figure out how to get through the thing. And but the other thing is when I actually ref- when I have reflected on it, I used to say on my first year because I used to compare myself, which is always a bad thing to do. Like, and I'm, I'm saying this for kids, like just be very, and parents, this is something that you really want to be aware of is because I came from being a top pick to not sure of myself. And then I would compare like Brendan Shanahan was having his first year was great. And I used him as he was a peer, like he was a peer. That's where, who I was kind of like competing with. And he was like, you know, maybe by Christmas time, I might have 12 goals or something like that. And my, I think he even became assistant captain of the London Knights that year. Uh, he just had a phenomenal year. And he was, he was uh, 
really like talked about in the NHL circles. And I, and I was sitting there with maybe nine points and I sit there, okay, like what's going on? I would compare myself to like those peers. And, and when and the thing is kids is when you, when you compare yourself, there's, it's never a good thing because if you compare yourself to someone that's doing better or, or, um, or maybe their opportunities or something else is different or they got a different work, whatever it is, they're succeeding and they're doing well, that comparison is not fair. And if you're comparing yourself to someone that's lesser than you, then it's not a fair comparison either. Yeah. So the comparison was it would be like, okay, I'm not doing well, but says who and says how and says why. Yeah. Um, but when I reflect on it, I'm like, I, I was just, I was doing just fine. I was doing just fine with, uh, with not knowing anything. My numbers were fine, you know, relative to your shifts, relative to your age. What I didn't understand and no one ever told me, it's, this is not poor me, mm. but it was like no one ever told me this is a process. Like Andy, like I, I would have maybe died to hear this is like, Andy, you're 16 years old. You, you've got four years before you're ever going to even come close to an NHL thing. What you need to do this year is just continue to work. Do work, work hard in practice, get in that gym, eat the best you can, you know, do, do just give me the steps on uh, and, and maybe even coach you on that. But it wasn't there and I didn't know any better, but I didn't understand it was a process. I thought like at 16, I had, I literally thought I was going to get a ton of points mm-hmm. and be on a power play. I literally thought that. And it was the dumbest thing I've ever, you know, reflecting. It's like you had no clue, but I actually had no clue. Right. So I was like devastated. I'm like, there's, I'm not getting the ice, I'm not putting the points up. The coach hates me. I'm one of the smallest guys in the league or on my team. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm very good anymore. Yeah. And that's, that, that was a downward spiral there. Yeah. So I didn't understand the process. Well, actually you, you end up using one of the words that I was going to use to, to describe what you're talking what about, but talking about process. But before that, basically you're sitting on the bench and you didn't have the skill yet. Like what we talk about all the time is like things like being honest with yourself, being like, being able to analyze the situation that's going on around you, being able to like self-assess how you're doing relative to where you need to be and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you just didn't have that skill. Like yeah. there was just none of that was yeah. in you yet because no one ever told you. And for a kid, like for most of these kids coming up, cause I didn't have it either. Like when I was 14, 15, 16, like I didn't, I didn't know how to do that either, but I had more resources than you did. And people were at least bleeding some of that information to me. So I had somewhat of a clue, even though it wasn't a good clue or a well-informed clue on where right. I should be or what I should be doing. So that's a huge piece that, that kids need to take away because you coming from a position where you're in the OHL, you're a high pick. There's no reason for you to be sitting there thinking like I'm shit. No. You know what I mean? And, but you just didn't know the no. difference. So it's, I'm no. hoping that kids listen to that and they can, they start to think of that for themselves. Right. And we talk about, you know, what's your role? Where should you be? Where should you be physically? Where should you fit in on this team? And being able to ask those questions yeah. and you just didn't have that ability. You just thought yeah. I need to be a top well, guy, score all the goals, but even, whatever. But even like, as you're saying that I'm thinking, okay, so if a kid listens to it, like, there has to be you have to get it yeah like so even if someone said and and i had i had the attitude you know just work hard but then what does work hard mean yeah what does it mean you can skate as hard as you want and if it's it's unproductive or not within a system or whatever then it's there's what does that mean i didn't even know what that meant so like do i want to like maybe if it was you know, like I know in, in Charlie's situation, there's clear expectations from, I want to see you do this, this, and this. Now, now it's his choice, right? And it might be, a, it might not be a, a role that he wants to play sometimes. Or like if I was in there, if they said, okay, I need you to do, I need you to carry, you know, 
be good in your own zone, this, this, and this. Okay, I would, I would have locked in. Okay, I'll do that well. And and I need you to get one shot, two shots on that a period. And I need you to make three hits, like solid hits. If that was a thing, I would I would actually have done that. Yeah. Work on my diesel. But there was never anything like that. Right. So it's like, again, it's not poor me. I just didn't know, didn't know how to seek it out. Yeah. And so, and, and, but there's nothing. Working hard, man. Well, I don't know what that means. I didn't, and grinding the, it was, it never, it, 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 when I would go that way, it would also go, but, 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 and roll back. So the, th- the point I wanted to make was that is that when, when I, when kids do this, when you hear the th- work hard and when you have your shit sandwich is, is work hard is yes, but have a long-term approach to it. It's not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. You can make it fun though, because you're, you're going to make progress, but it's, you're not going to hear something once and do it and it's going to be solved. You, you need to hear it and you need to understand the process of, of going through it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. hundred percent. Well, because what I was gonna say about the work hard thing, like work hard, it's like, what, like you said, what does that mean? It's too. That's too general. It doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? No. So this is good for 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 players, for coaches, and for parents too. Like if you're gonna try to give the kid advice, or for the kid playing, like if you're gonna try to give yourself something to do, make it something more specific than work hard, yeah. because work hard doesn't mean anything. That's you know what I mean? Either. Obviously, work hard. Try your best. Yes, obviously. Okay, but like, what do I actually have to do? Yeah. Like specifically, what do I have to do? So if you're a coach, a parent, or the kid, like you need to have actual things, like tangible things you can do. Make a hit, have, have a shot, make a good pass, like play well in your D zone, have a good stick, something like that. Like these are things that you specifically need to have in mind because otherwise then you're just a fish out of water, like you're saying yep. on the bench. Like you have no idea what to think about anything that's going on. And that's not helpful. You can, you, cause now you have nowhere to go. There's no step you can take in any direction. Cause you don't even know what the possible directions are yeah. because no one has given you anything to give. Yeah. Right. So, uh, that's what I want to say on that one. And then the other thing you were talking about at the end was like, you didn't understand that there was a process. And this was something that for me, I, I struggled with too, is I got focused on results a lot more than process. And that sounds like some, something that you were doing too. You're focused on, I need, to, I need to get points. Well, how do I get points if I'm not playing? That means I'm failing. That means I'm not good enough. That means yeah. whatever. As opposed to, like you said, putting it in context, you're 16, you have four years, just like stay the course, like do the, do the work you need to do, f- focus on the things you need to focus on. Like here's number one, two, and three that would be good for you that I want you to be good at. And that'll take some guidance that takes like someone to help you with that. But if you don't, if you're in a position where you don't have that, then you can try to give yourself that, you know? So for, in terms of a process for a kid, when you're in trip, when, when you're in junior, it's, it's more difficult because you have that age gap and all that stuff. But even before that in AAA, like start to outline for yourself things that you need to do, you know, yeah. and focus on that and not, I need to score two goals a game. Like that's not a good idea. No, that's, I need to get two points a game. Not no. a good idea. No. Like those are things that aren't process. Those are results driven. You need something that's process driven, making sure you're playing the right way yeah. because you could have a shitty game and just be in the right spot twice and score, yeah. you know, but still play yeah. like shit the whole game. Yeah. So is that better? It's like, no, that's actually not better. And yeah. that was something right. that I had a problem with playing is I was always focused on that. Like what was, the, what is the outcome all the time as opposed to making sure I'm doing things the right way. Because then over time that leads to the better result more often because you're doing yeah. the process correctly, yeah. you know? And then for you going through junior, like that process of going from 16 to 17 to 18, knowing that you have that time to develop and you talk about Charlie and how that's, that seems to be well outlined for him right now. Well, to- the beautiful thing with him is that, you know, well, he grew up with guidance. Yeah. So he's had myself and you and a whole bunch of players talk to him about the process of hockey so that's that's a good thing there 
Number two, he goes to this team and he has an idea of what type of player he was. And he's always had me in his ear saying, you, you, you can score goals, but there's other things that come with it. And then he goes to, to Guelph and it's outlined for him, like basically three, four things that he needs to do on a, on a consistent basis. So now the, the mental toughness part comes into this. So one of his things is has, he's got to be a physical player. Okay. So that's one of the things I'm not telling any secrets here. Coach wants him to run guys over. Go through people. Go through people. So that's like, okay, to go through people. Now, the mental talent challenge now is he knows what to do. He's got three things, three, four things that he needs to do. One of them is to run over people. So now when he goes on the ice, if he chooses to figure skate by someone, do a drive-by, he's choosing to not follow a role. That's a choice. And, yes, sometimes it's not there. You're going out of your way, so you got to make an intelligent decision. But... The mental toughness comes into doing that role because it's mentally tough, but it's also physically tough because now you're in that battle of wills. So he's not the biggest guy in the league and he's not the oldest guy in the league. So for a 16-year-old boy to go up against a 20-year-old defenseman that's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, with a little bit more grizzle on him, that battle of crashing into him 12 times, 15 times, 20 times a night, is a, now it's a mental battle. It's a battle of wills. So this is where his mental toughness is going to come in. It's not so much that he doesn't, he's lost. It's more of making a decision to do that on a consistent nightly basis, mm-hmm. shift after shift. And if he chooses to do this well, that's not the only thing he does, by the way. It's just part of his game that he needs to be effective at. Uh, that's so he can bring something to the team as a young guy. And then, you know, and then he can make plays still. And then, you know, his D zone stuff. Uh, if if he can do that, then he's going to have a chance of being a pro. If he chooses not to do that, then the ment- he's going to have to mentally zero in and get it done. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It's a different different kind of mental toughness yeah. than something you. It's a better with, mental but toughness because yeah. now at least you know exactly. Okay, I didn't want to be mental. I didn't choose to be mentally tough. Yeah. Well, you have some direction. Yeah. Like you have somewhere to go. Yeah. You know, and now it's now like you said, it's not he needs to figure out what to do and then try to do yeah. it. Now it's like, no, you know what you have to do and you just yeah. have to choose to do it or not do it now. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a bit of a different thing uh, yeah. on that. Yeah. So that, that's, that's kind of getting, I don't know if that's, that's all you had for the mental thing or if there's anything else you want to throw on that. Yeah. Just I, like, I, I wrote a few things there. I didn't know how to get out. I got to put my glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wrote a couple things down. Um, didn't know where to find health. Stre- the stress of the home life was like tremendous. I told you a lot of the stuff that was going on. It was tremendous. Um, didn't understand the process. Everything was a shock. Like everything. Like the first game playing. Like, like I said, it wasn't the hockey part. It was, you know, like facing off, and you had a full beard in front of you, and six four, with stitches in his face, and you went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, no one ever told me that. Yeah. But it's it's all good. Yeah. Uh, not consistent enough, like even later in my career, just wasn't consistent enough. And that was partially because I didn't have, I still didn't understand my role, um, which most guys probably didn't anyways. Well, I want to stick on that for a sec. That, that's, a re- that's a really good point. And it's like kind of a subtle thing because that was something I didn't articulate it to myself that way, but that was something I struggled with too, is not consistent enough because I didn't know exactly what kind of player I yeah. was, you know? So f- in my position, like, so I was, I was bigger, like a little bit bigger than average, maybe. And I was never taught ever to be physical. Never. 
So my first year in my first year of junior, that was the first time anyone ever told me that my coach brought me in and thankfully he did. And he was telling me, you need to do other things than just try to get points. And I was like, Oh, didn't yeah. know. Right. Like I didn't know the importance of finish. It sounds, it sounds stupid, but I didn't know the importance Things of, have changed. Yeah. Though. I didn't know the importance of finishing your checks. I didn't know the importance of, because I'm a bigger guy, there's things that I can do with my size that other kids can't do. I didn't know that. Like no one told me that. And it wasn't something that people who were teaching me hockey up to that point knew either. So nobody told me about that at all. So those pieces were missing. So it's hard to be consistent when you don't exactly know what your, what your goals are each game in terms of what you should be doing. Because if you know what you should be doing, like you said before with, with Charlie, then you can, you know, I need to, okay, I need to work towards this. I need to work towards this. I need to work towards this. But if that's not defined for you, then yeah. how the hell are you supposed to know what to do every game? Yeah. So it's hard to be consistent when you're not yeah. sure what you're supposed to be doing. So it's really important yeah. that if nobody tells you, then you need to figure out what your role is on your own so that yeah. you can actually work towards that. And that will really help the consistency thing, which is a huge yeah. problem for a lot of kids, right? Yeah. Well, and so I was just, as you're saying that, it was, it's very funny. I've, I think I've said this before, but a few years ago when I was doing this, uh, I was doing the skills for the uh, Windsor Spitfires and Bobby Jones was on the ice with me. Well, all the coaches came on the ice. And I went up to Bobby, who coaches in Ottawa, Senators now. EJ Smith was there and all these guys, uh, Boogie and Reichel. Anyways, they were all on the ice, but it was my practice to run for skills. So as we're warming up, I go to Jonesy. I go, Jonesy, how many coaches did you have on the bench when you played in the Sioux Junior, 1985 to 1990? And he goes, one. I go, same, one. And I said, in Hamilton, we had an assistant coach one year. Um, he goes, yeah, he goes crazy. I go, look at this. I go, there's me. That's a skills coach. There's you, DJ, Boogie, and Warren came on. There's five coaches on the, and a goalie coach. There's six coaches on the ice right now. Yeah. Said we never had that. In fact, my coach never even came to practices. We had to figure it all on our own. Uh, so with, with, uh, and most teams are like this. I'm just going to go through Charlie's team right now. Look at, look at what you have right now. So they have, he has George who's been coaching in the league or the NHL for the last 32 years experience and, and coaches are a lot more, they communicate a lot more. So it's not so like George is pretty gruff, but he's great. Like yeah. he's great. Gets the point across and he's got assistance. So just hired another assistant. So they have two excellent, excellent assistant coaches. Excellent. That they communicate, they spend time with kids. They're involved in like all the aspects of them. They're friendly, but they, you can talk to them and they, they, you get along with them. So that's a bonus. Then they have two skills coaches and a skating coach. So they got six coaches now. So the two skills coaches, Corey Locke played in uh, Ottawa, played in pro for a bunch of years, but he's 160 points in the, with the Ottawa 67s. Almost broke a record. Uh, he's one of the skills coaches that spends time with the kids and teaches them do this, do this. Here, in this situation, this. In this situation, this. They got Denver, that's a Leafs uh, skills coach. That's part of their team that spends time with them once or twice a week after practices as well or during practices. Plus they have Barb Underhill, who's a skating coach. Mm -hmm. Plus they have a mental toughness coach, which is huge. So we're up to seven, eight coaches now. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Plus they have two strength coaches plus an athletic therapist that helps with stuff. They're like 10 coaches. Yeah. And the, the, the point I'm saying to that is like now, like so you were saying like you didn't know, you didn't know. That's, that's only like 10 years ago. Yeah. But how it's evolved now is that if you actually want to play, all you do have to do is ask questions. And then once you hear the answer, do the work. It's so good. So I, as a dad, because one of the biggest things I, 
I, I've always said this, even from a young age, is like, it, you know, people would say, so you want, oh, he's going to be a hockey player. You think he'll play, he'll be good. Do you, do you want him to, you, do you want him to play? And I, I answered it very honestly saying, I don't know. I don't know because when I look at, I am who I am today and I've come a long, long way. But I look at 16 to, to 22 years old, how my, I was just scrambled eggs up north, north of the eyebrows, just scrambled eggs and just emotionally yeah, lost, spent. Mm-hmm. And hated, like I doubted myself in every aspect of, of that you can possibly imagine. And I don't, and, and, and physically, you know, I, I, like I always say, these eyebrows aren't, don't look like this because I pluck them. There's, there, you know, hundreds of stitches in my freaking eyes and loose teeth. And, yeah. you know, and I, I'm like, I don't know if I want that for my son. I don't know because it was a long, lonely road. A lot of nights you're laying in bed just going, ah. <sighs> Yeah. God, this is hard. It is supposed to be hard, but you're sitting there and it's just emotions, just ripping you apart. And I didn't know how to deal with it. But I look at how how my my son and 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 I'm not just saying my son, but how kids can come through this now. And there's actually very very good people, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them. So if you go to a team like my son's team, I'm just so th- I can't even tell you how thankful I am. He's got a coach that wants to be make. If you want to be a pro hockey player, listen to me. He's gruff but he's honest and he's great. But he's got knowledge and he shares knowledge. He's got assistant coaches that actually care and it's not all about them. It's about the team. It's like truly, there's so many good people in place. It's up to you not to succeed. And then then it'll come down to the point that probably just, if you don't make it, it's just because you're not good enough. Yeah. If you do everything right. And that's that's a good way to, to, to end it. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Well, and and... There's outside of the people too. There's just resources yeah, that, no, that no. you can get to, right? Yeah. Like you can go, you can go find people. Yeah. You can go find resources. You can go find those things to, to, to get yourself centered. So you're not fi- like feeling like you're lost Yeah. because even now, like, and maybe you feel the same way, but when I think back for myself, I didn't feel like I was lost at the time. But when I think about it now, it's like, dude, you were lost, man. <laughs> like you didn't have a I, clue. Like, the first two years, I I knew I was freaking lost. <laughs> I knew that I was like not a clue, like not a clue. Mm-hmm. I just went out and just tried to survive the day every single day, every single day, and um, it's 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 really tough because when you have that stress, it plays on it plays with you in a lot of different ways. Um, by my third fourth year, I didn't think I was lost, but I was lost. <laughs> Yeah. I was I, I was at the airport waiting for my ship to come in. Yeah. I was lost. Yeah. Lost. Like not a clue. All I knew is I was pretty good at hockey and it got it, it got through it, it it got me through some of life. But I'll tell you, man, I was so lost. There's so many times I was sitting there going, I, I I want this to be done. I I'll be glad when this hockey thing is over. I'll be glad. And then yeah. there, then then you'd have a day or two or a week. Where it was the best thing ever, like everything was clicking, and it was like okay, but I couldn't figure out why. Yeah. Why is it clicking? Why is it going well? Yeah. Why is it going? Yeah, that reverse, what just happened here? That well, reverse engineering thing. Yeah, and here. the other and the other thing was is that you know the the comparison thing. I'd look at players that uh, I played with, and I I'm like, I am better than you. Like, why is he a first line guy? I'm better. Like I win all my face offs. I knew I did that well. I made more plays. I finished hits. I, I had a little bit more grit to my game than this guy. But why? Why? And I couldn't actually process why. I didn't. But maybe he did things obviously better. 
Yeah, I didn't. Maybe I didn't understand the 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 other thing. This is to be true, is I didn't understand. Like, if I was to look at myself, which I have, through the lens of someone else from sixteen, not yeah, sixteen to twenty, I don't know if I would have liked that person. And I don't mean the per- the person, because I think you could figure out that the guy just didn't have a clue. Yeah, but. If I could look at it through my eyes now, I'd say, oh, boy, like, don't wear your hat like that. Like, not that I was a punk. Uh, I didn't have nice clothes. I didn't, have, like, nothing about me was like, yeah, that's this is this guy's got it together. Be one of those kids that you actually might say, God, he bugs me. Yeah. You know? I was, and, and I was, like, I'm a, you know that I'm a funny guy. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, that was one of my strengths to get through. Well, one of my strengths to get through life is was humor. Okay. Whether it was off ice, on ice, whatever, it was it was humor. I always could find, I could always laugh at myself. But I did that as a defense mechanism. So everything was, like, very funny. So even on the bus and stuff, that's what I mean by looking at it from someone else's eyes. When the guys are around me, they'd be just laughing. Like, if, well, you see you see when someone yeah, calls yeah, me, yeah. they're like, Parker, and we just yeah. start laughing. My old buddies, right? Yeah. But that, to me, like, when I look back, it's like, okay, so he's playing okay, but he's he's, he's the clown. He is, you know, and I and, and the, the advice I would have for myself is like, settle down on the clown shit, grab a book and shut your mouth for a while. Yeah. Not that I was a mouthpiece, but it was like always if there was something hilarious happening, I was probably involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, from a coach's perspective, maybe it came across like I didn't care. As yeah, much. personality thing. Yeah, but I yeah. didn't know. Yeah, that could be an element know. too for sure. Yeah, you know? definitely. Well, that's that's good. Is there any any other? Things you want to touch on finishing off? I got a couple I could throw in. We got a couple uh, minutes, maybe. Just give but... me two seconds and I'll see. Yeah. Uh, I, I, when it came to the adversity, I, I, I just didn't know if I, I and I'm, I'm being honest here, I don't know if I wanted to go through it or if I knew that it was adversity. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just didn't know if, what it was and I didn't know how to fight through some of the stuff. I just didn't know. Uh, no direction and uh, just had my the stress of my home life. Like yeah. It was just, I, I wasn't able to separate that. Yeah. It was because it was around me all the time. Yeah. Um, and it was heavy, heavy, heavy. And I mean, people had it worse, obviously. I'm not saying it that way, um, but it was heavy, heavy, yeah. heavy, heavy. That just weighed on me and it took away from a lot of my focus. Like when you're trying to do something uh, as hard as being a professional hockey player or just succeeding in the Ontario Hockey League or college, your mind has to be right. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of stuff coming at me yeah. from a lot of different directions, but yeah, that's not an excuse. It just is what it is. Yeah, just yeah, didn't no. know how to deal with it mentally. Yeah. And I want to hear some of your stuff. Yeah. I know that, that that's good. I have mine's actually pretty different though. So this is actually good because I think mentally for me, I was, I was actually pretty all there like mentally. Like I, I, one thing like that my parents were really good at was teaching that like resiliency piece and like how to have a brain about things. Like that was one thing I really got when I was a kid. The critical thinking, problem solving, being able to handle, like my dad was hardcore about like, dude, if some shit happens, like tough, like figure it out. You know what I mean? And so I I had a lot of support in that way, which is not what you had. So that's, I'll have a couple different things, but the first one that just because these ones are easy, like physically, I was, I I think, because I do actually believe that outside of like for me i would say I, I wasn't good enough overall like i said to start but i do think from a skill perspective i was and so physically when i think about you know the training part and the nutrition part and whatever i came from a family where no one no one in my family was an athlete 
like there was not one person in my immediate family, my extended family that was like a serious athlete where it was like, they were dialed in on, they played high level sport. They were dialed in on training. They had experience like doing anything that was like significant in terms of having a lifestyle of being an athlete. So I was the first one. So I was like, had to figure out all this kind of stuff. So I had no, I had no resources to go to, like you were saying with you in terms of athletics. So training, I worked out like a bodybuilder because I didn't know how to train properly. And I didn't, I couldn't afford or didn't know who to go to, to learn that. So like you go to like some athlete trainers, you're going to pay like 500 bucks a month for us. Like we had four kids in my family and like my, my dad's not paying for that. No. So that was one thing. The nutrition thing, I came from like the big Italian household and it was just eat as much as you can until you feel like you're going to explode. That's yeah. what full means, which yeah. is not true. And so I, I, I didn't know how to eat. I, so I would intentionally, because I had like mentally, I was there, like mentally I was dialed in, you know, but I, tr- I intentionally worked out the wrong way. And then I intentionally tried to take care of my nutrition, but the wrong way. So you say intentionally worked out, but you did it the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, I did you, it. You, like didn't, I, you didn't intentionally work out the right, wrong right, way. Right. I worked yeah. out with intention. Yeah. It was just the wrong way. It's the wrong type of and work. And then I, ate with intention, but it was the wrong way. Yeah. And those are two things that hugely affected me on the yeah. ice because you were talking about you used to run, like you thought yeah. running was good. Yeah. And so you would run and like, yeah. that's actually great because you're the endurance that you have on the ice, which yeah. is something you need that yeah. work capacity yeah. is huge yeah. for hockey players. I never worked on that. Yeah. Just didn't know. Like obviously people say your endurance is important and yeah. whatever. So I would do some of that. But when I was in the gym, I didn't do specific work for that. And that was something that ended up hurting me. And cause I was big and bulky on the ice and I didn't have the lungs to go with it. I couldn't yeah. handle my frame yeah. internally when I was playing. So I would get tired. Like I really remember that feeling like, you know, when you, you step on the ice and it's like, man, my legs are gone. Like I don't have legs today. Yeah. I feel like I can't move. I had that yeah. like most of the time. Yeah. I remember having and that I, most I of the time. I typically never did. Yeah. I like, mean, I'd, I'd get to shifts because right. you have no choice coming back where you think you're going to die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, everyone gets that. Though. Yeah. It was what like, a feeling that is, though. Like when you think about hockey, oh, yeah. my wife asked, like, there was, we watched uh, one of Charlie's games on TV the other night, like the replays, mm-hmm. and they showed when he got to the bench after a, not even that, like he throws hits. Yeah. So it just gasses you. Yeah. He was on the bench and you could just see him. Yeah, he goes, is he not in shape? I go, honey, <laughs> you have no idea what two hits and up and down the ice twice hard yeah. is like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Max but intensity. It's what we all do. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, I vividly remember like most of the time feeling like I can't move. My legs feel like they're 200 pounds each, you know? Yeah. So, and that was directly because of my training and the way I was eating. Terrible. So those are two things. And if I, I think if I would have had someone in my family who was an athlete, that would have been something helpful because I would have had some direction in that, but I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. So I thought I was doing things the right way and it just wasn't. So that yeah. was, that was one thing. And then, uh, what you were talking about along the same lines, this was one where it was kind of similar is I always was preoccupied with stats instead of process. So I was always worried about like, how am I, how am I doing like on the score sheet? Like, am I on the score sheet? And then even when I figured out, like my coach finally told me you need to do other things than just uh, score because I was supposed to be like more of a point guy, but I was, I actually would have probably been similar to Charlie would have been the role I should have had. Like that would have been what someone should have told me. It's like, like you're playing like a power forward, but you can, you can put the puck in the net too, or you can make some plays and whatever. It should have been like that, but no one ever told me that. But even after my coach mentioned, he needed to do other things. He didn't tell me what the other things were necessarily, but 
I was like, okay, I need to get penalty minutes then <laughs> because at least it's on the score sheet, yeah. right? So I would, I w- if I wasn't getting points, I would be like, okay, I need to fight a guy. I need to like get a roughing penalty. Like I need to do something where like my name is on the score sheet. And I remember being so preoccupied with that as opposed to just do the right things. And those things will just happen, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so that process piece that you were talking about, that was, that was one for me that, that I really, uh, really related to. I remember one time my last year junior, I knew I was coming up on like my last gasp at like schools coming to see me. And I remember one game, I'll never forget this. This guy grabbed me after, uh, it was like after a whistle or something. And it was in the third period. And if you got kicked out in the third period, you had to miss the next game if you fought in mm-hmm. junior. Yeah. So I remember this guy dropped the gloves and went to fight me and I wouldn't fight him because I didn't want to be suspended for yeah, the next game. I wanted to play the next game when I should have pounded the snot out of this guy. Yeah. Right. Just based on the circumstance, the yeah. right thing to do was yeah. just beat the guy up yeah. and then be out for the next game. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't fight him. And I like to this day, that <laughs> moment haunts me because I was like, yeah. that's so dumb. Yeah. You know, so stuff yeah. like that. Uh, another one. So th- this one was this one is interesting. This is a different one. So I had a girlfriend during this time yeah. when I was playing junior, and we've talked about girls on the episode before, and how they're not necessarily a bad thing if yeah. they're supportive to what you're trying to do. And mine was not. <laughs> mine yeah. was so it ended up being all those like typical things that people say are a problem with having a girlfriend. And you're young and you don't know. You think she's the you're gonna marry her? Yeah, probably. exactly. Right. Yeah. So it was so like you, very. It was very very distracting. So it took oh, it took away from staying focused on what I need to focus on. And I was always still focused on hockey, and I always put that first. But it was like stupid things like staying up late for no reason or going in, going out to do this thing socially when I know I shouldn't because I have a game tomorrow. And it was like little things that pulled me away yeah. in those moments when I should have been more dialed into what I was doing. Yeah. So that, for me, that was a problem that affected yeah. affected the outcomes for me. And then branching off of that... Is my, so my girlfriend in junior, I had one for three years, maybe, yeah, three years yeah. in my junior. And she was wonderful. I know, and that's, like, that's why the contrast, because we talked yeah. about it the last podcast, how it's not necessarily a bad thing depending no. on who the girl is, right? No, it's, 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 uh, it's a good, it can be a good thing, but you got to have someone that has goals or come from a good family that's not going to be a pain in your ass. No. They can enhance your life. Right. Because, you know what, if you don't have a girlfriend, then one of the things on your mind is trying to find a check. Sure. Right. So that's that's what hockey yeah. players do. It's like, okay, we're gonna be hound dogs here. Yeah. We're gonna right. There's girls that hang around all over the place and you can go that way. Uh and or you could have a girlfriend. But you have to make sure that you 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 only have one ass and you can't ride two horses. Yeah. So you can't you you can't be totally if she's taking up too much of your time, this this won't work. The yeah. hockey won't work. But she can enhance your life. Yeah. And if that's if that works, you know, there's certain nights where you can hang out. Go for dinners, do whatever boys and girls do, <laughs> and 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 as long as it's not playing with your head, yeah, yeah. then uh, then it works. But if it becomes more than that, and she's like, "You're always hockey. Would well, you have to do that tonight?" Then it's then you got to go. Yeah, you're not helping me. One well, and I thought that negative perspective of it until you were actually talking to me about it because you were ta- we talked about it with Charlie and his girlfriend and how you're saying she is that she's she enhances his situation. She doesn't pull from it. Yep. You know, and if it's somebody that drains the resources, then that's not what you want. And that's what it ended up being for me. It was the, someone who drained the resources. My thought, my thought on that would be, <clears throat> sorry, my thought on that would be like, you know, my, my wife and I talk about this all the time. It's like, you have to have people in your life, whether you're a hockey player or whatever else you do, 
you have to have people in your life that enhance your life, not make it miserable or make it challenging, no matter who it is. Yep. And when someone enhances your life, then why not have them in there? Yep. So like, for example, like I remember my girlfriend, I, I came home from a game, I think it was a road trip and it was around my birthday, but the only time that we could really get together was this particular night. <clears throat> so I went over to her house, really nice family. And when I went there, she had a, made a birthday cake with in the shape of a hockey rink, painted it all up with gummy bears and stuff like that. And it gave me a nice golf shirt. And it was like, well, that was nice. Yeah. Because I would never get that anywhere yeah. else. <laughs> you know, if, if, if I'm going to sell, not that I cared about my birthday, but if I was going to celebrate my 18th birthday somewhere, what it's probably going to be is if I don't have a, a nice girlfriend, I'm going to have to go out with the guys and it's going to be a shit show. Yeah. So, you know, those things are nice. And it was like, there was a lot of times where, you know, I, I remember walking to her door one day and I took a stick across the, off the face off across my lip and it was puffed out to here. And, you know, six stitches across my face. I answered the door. She's like, whoa. But anyway, she talked talked about it. You know, we just talked about it. And she's like, wow, man, like that's like, you. so you got stitched up and you went out and played? Yeah. And she, oh, like that's crazy. And then we just talking. But no one else, you can't talk to the guys yeah. like that. Yeah. So for, for the few minutes that she was talking to me about that little injury, let's say, I felt like a pretty cool guy. Yeah, for sure. I went out and yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I went out and battled and blood everywhere yeah. and got <laughs> stitches and I, and I went right back at it. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah, She was like, right. wow, that's pretty cool. Make you, It elevates you, right? Yeah, for sure. And if you have people that do that for you, it's a good thing. Totally. And that, and that's, yeah, it goes for a girlfriend or anyone yeah. in general. It doesn't have to be a girlfriend. Yeah. Just anyone that's in your immediate circle yeah. because they take an interest in what you're doing. They care about what you're doing because you care about it. And it's something that can be positive and help push you in the right direction with that thing that you're saying is a goal. And that's what you want out of the people that are around you. And so, but for me, in my situation, it was the opposite. It was draining. It was stressful. It was pulling away instead of adding to, it was all those things. So you need to be smart about those situations. Like you need to evaluate, is this person someone who's enhancing your situation or not? And that leads me into my, my next point is there's a couple opportunities I missed and actually the girlfriend situation was one of the factors that led to me missing some of these things, but well, it was one of the, it was, I don't want to blame the girl. It wasn't just her, but it was a factor. And I talked to you about this is like opportunity to go play in the BCHL that I didn't go to. And then I had an opportunity to play with the spits and I turned it down because I wanted to go for the school thing. Right. And so those are two opportunities that maybe if I had some different, some guidance from somebody who said, Hey, okay, well let's really think about, what this means. Like, what is this league? Like, what does it mean if you get to play there? Like logistically, how would that work? All those kind of things. And I didn't really have those conversations. And so I just kind of dismissed the opportunities. I didn't really take them. Whereas if, if I went and ended up going and playing in the BCHL when I had the chance to do that, that would have been a good thing. That could have totally changed my trajectory and and what was going on for me in junior. So that, that's the last one that I want to leave off of is like, there's little opportunities that you could have and you need to be smart about which ones you're taking and which ones you're not taking, you know, like, do you need to go to every spring tournament for until your draft year? You don't need to do that. You know, those are, that's actually could be draining and take away from things like training properly and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But sometimes you'll get an opportunity where it's like, okay, like for Charlie, for example, he got invited to play in that game during the COVID lockdown yeah. thing. Obviously that's an excellent thing for him to do. Yeah. For me, because he had you and he had people around you and Ian and guys like t- talking to him about that and why that's a good thing. That's a no brainer. Yeah. Obviously we're going to go play in that. Yeah. In my situation, if I would have been given that same opportunity because I didn't have hockey people around me, my dad, like I could, it could have easily been like my dad's like, ah, it's kind of far. Like we're busy. One day? Yeah. 
Why one day? Yeah, we're a little busy this weekend. Like, I don't know if we were, we'll be able to make that work yeah. or, or whatever. It could have been something like that, yeah. right? Which would have yeah. been totally in yeah. the realm of possibility for somebody like me. Yeah. So being able to evaluate what your opportunities are was something that that missed for me as well. So those are kind yeah. of the main, the, t- the top five, the, the fitness thing, the focusing on stats, maybe a the, we'll call it the distraction piece, girlfriend, that kind of stuff. And then, and then the those opportunities because I had the mental piece like completely contrast yeah. to how you were. No, like, you did. I, I like, I know your family. I know how you can crit- critically think. Yeah. I'm very impressed. You know, the more that we work together and the longer I know you is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally impressed at your critical thinking skills. I'm totally impressed by, um, like when, when pressure comes, uh, it's, it doesn't really phase you. You can analyze and you can deal with it. Um, it's part of why you're an engineer. Um, it's, um, and I know your family, like it's a good, good family. You learn things, you speak well, you encourage each other. You, you can talk to your mom about, uh, and she'll help you solve problems. Your dad, you know, in a different way he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see your dad's work ethic, how he has a business and it's like, you just got to do the work and stuff like that. So you come from a fabric that's very mm-hmm. gritty, yeah, but very good, like a very good fabric. And, um, it, it's very helpful. So you, you had that, you just didn't, there's other things that you didn't have. And that's the thing with doing this hockey thing. The, the thing is it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it is the stars just have to align up for you. And if you're missing a piece or two, it might, might not be enough. Yeah. But, but the thing is, is that I, I think I'll, I'll end on this is that what we have to understand if this is truly something that you want to do, you, first of all, you have to have a, I've always said this, the dream has to be bigger, bigger than the obstacle. And for me, that's what, what happened is when, when, when things started to get tougher, the unknowns happened. Then what happened was I just started changing that. And then this, look at all the shit that's going wrong. Look at all the stuff. And I didn't focus on this because I know if I could have just somehow just said like, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, maybe go find it. Maybe there's, maybe there were ways that I would figure things out. So number one, it's going to be very, very tough. So I have a passion beyond what you think is real because it's going to be hard. And, and, and when it becomes hard, that just simply means that you're going to have obstacles. So you're going to have things that you just didn't see coming. So then you have to have the, the ability to detach yourself or have the critical thinking or become a problem solver. Is that a fair way to say it? Yeah. Become a problem solver and say, what do I have to do differently? And then look, use your resources. So that could be us. It could be, you know, there's a million ways that you can go and find problems, but figure that out. And then. If you can do that, you just have to have the heart and the desire to go through the the, the work. But there is a mental side. I, I, I think, you know, we say this so many times is if you're going to do this game, it's you could be the best player in the world. But if you're mentally, if you're a mental midget, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. You have to have something mentally that you can get through uh, to get you through the tough times, the obstacles, and when things aren't going your way. Yeah. Or even when they are going your way, like it might be a coach saying like, like, yeah, you scored 50 goals last year, but I need you to block shots and finish hits and the penalty kill. So you have to be able to say, okay, that's my new role. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do it the best, do the best of your abilities. That's one thing I like about Charlie's coach is he uses that phrase a lot. Because when you go to school, you're going to do, you're going to do it to the best of your ability. When you come to hockey, you're going to do it to the best of your ability. And if I think if you can, I like the phrase. It says it's a common phrase, but when he uses it, I just go, I really like the way he says that because he expects you to do your best. Yep. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and 
the main thing, the reason I thought this would be interesting today too, is because we had such different situations like in our playing careers. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to highlight how different the circumstances can be. Like you took a totally different path than the path that I took. And for different reasons, even though you were good enough. I apparently was good enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, I, and right? many players that I, they would say the same thing. Like, yeah. You know, and there's like, a, it's, it's always like, what, what, what happened? What happened? Yeah. No one knew. Yeah. No one knew. They saw the, the, the 10% of the iceberg. They didn't see the 90%. Yeah. And there's a whole, that's what I'm saying, yeah. right? There's a whole host yeah. of reasons. And it could be yeah. from something like mental toughness. It could be something like you didn't know how to work out, man. And yeah. a combination of all of them together yeah. could be a reason why the reason why you don't make it when you thought you were good enough to make yeah. it or whatever. Right. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, this is what, what I wanted to to highlight. It's not that you got screwed. No, nope. it's not that you didn't get drafted. It's not that your coach wasn't good enough or your coach didn't like you. It's none of those. It's none of those. At the end of the day, you go back and analyze what happened. Yeah. And both of us just talked for an hour and a half about all the reasons why maybe we didn't make it. And not one of them was blaming someone else for something, no. you know, it's no. all things that happened in our through our development that maybe we could have controlled maybe we couldn't have controlled but there's actual reasons you know and so for kids to try to avoid making some of those mistakes you can pull from your story pull from my story see what maybe things that might line up with you currently right now and then you can hopefully avoid some of those some of those things and start to ask yourself some questions and and you know have that self analysis to to get yourself around those those roadblocks as they come up you know so well the, the positive side from my side is that once hockey was done, and I, like as I coached in the OHL for a year, and I chose at that point, I don't want anything to do with this stupid game because I was just done. Mm-hmm. You know, I had offers to go play in very good places, made some good money was on the table, but I took a coaching job and then I just was done. I was just done with the whole thing because I saw the business side of things. I saw how, and I was just still immature, right? But I was looking at I go. I just don't like this business. Like I always said, I like inside the glass, yeah. but I don't like the business of hockey. And I just said, okay, I'm done with it. Done with this. And then the the whole had to decompress now. Like not that I knew that what that meant, but I figured, okay, I'll go do something else. And I didn't know what to do, and I didn't have the skills. I had zero. I'm telling you, I had zero skills. Critical think. I was I was insecure. I never appeared that way, but I was. And, but, but the great thing was, is it took me years. Like I went and did my mental toughness training. I went and uh, like through the school of hard knocks, tried everything, did everything, did the dumbest things uh, that I thought were going to be good for me. And then I just started analyzing my life and I made a conscious decision that I wasn't going to be a freaking idiot. Uh, in a sense of not a, you know, in the sense of yeah, like yeah. I was going to do something with my life and there was, and, and it took, it was a process of about five, six years, well, seven years. I worked my ass off reading, working on me, trying things in sales, doing all kinds of things to make myself better to the point where when I started my business, I, I was ready and I developed proper people skills and proper things and to, 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 to I was able to sell my, myself, my business, had a good product. I, I was very conscientious and I became a, a, the person that I wanted to be. And uh, it's a work in progress. But the thing is, is that if you do it early, you can find that you'll have success in your life earlier. That's all. That's the point. So if I would have had the tools that I have now, like if I did that work when I was younger, things, I, I would say that it would probably be a much different life as far as the player goes. Yeah. So Awesome. Yeah.
Oh, I think that's good. That's probably about two hours. So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. wrap it there.